0: Hey, we're here. Can you hear me? Yeah, bro. Can you hear me? So. Yeah, man. All right, we're good. All right, All right. Everyone, welcome to another edition of Modern Guilt Drive. It is 7:35 a.m. in Brisbane, 9:35 a.m. Christchurch, NZ, and uh here we are once more, we're rolling. So, um, Lovely. How, how we feeling, man? Finally got yeah, not working. Yeah,
1: it's a bit of a drama, but um you know, whatever. Okay, yeah. um,
0: public service announcement: don't try and troubleshoot audio issues while driving the K zone. Um, not safe, <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: <clears throat> absolutely not. So, what's so, good?
0: Um, well, I'm, I'm interested in hearing some more about this uh PC shit you're about. Um, yeah. before, we, <laughs> before we hit record, I was explaining to Damon the same way some people have like a daily Sudoku that they do and kind of like weirdly or two. Um, I have like a daily what thing from the internet is occupying Damon's thoughts today, um, and that's kind of <laughs> like my activity. I get to just hear him tell me about some corner of uh, <laughs> of the internet he's found. Um, so yeah, um, what's
1: you're familiar with ASMR. With what ASMR? Yeah. And for anybody that doesn't know, it's like uh, uh, how would you explain it? I like guess it's sound like sound
0: porn, porn, in a way. Sound porn. Um, yeah, sound porn. Yeah. sound effects that are like recorded and hard people listen to is like to satisfy themselves in a non-sexual way or sometimes a sexual way but
1: it's like vaguely pornographic yeah. you know it's definitely porn adjacent or something
0: porn adjacent is um, good.
1: yeah yeah <clears throat> so this npc asmr thing is essentially people creating content where they act like they're um robots or whatever or just kind of like aloof bimbo idiots on um like live streaming platforms and basically the way that these streaming this is quite interesting to me because it's like a design thing where like you know you can send in you can basically like pay to send stickers in or something to um like whoever the streamer is so you know you can like buy a ice cream sticker for like 10 tokens and i don't know how much the tokens are but how much they are and you send it in and then like whoever's streaming gets a cut of like the sticker sales so these from what i've seen like ladies are interacting with the stickers whoever sends them in so like someone will send in like a ice cream sticker and they're like ice cream yum and like <laughs> you know uh another sticker that like is a hat and they're like gang gang And it's just like this endless loop of saying whatever the sticker is coming up on screen, and people like spending money to make the stickers come up on screen. Are these stickers like uh,
0: subjectively attractive or are they just like fat losers? Oh
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're all like the e-girl look, you know. So if you're into that. Yeah,
0: interesting. Um, I Okay, yeah. That's unfathomably, but I guess most of what happened just check the
1: race. link i sent you if you can i would so check the link i sent you and um all right i'll have to about... look at it at a
0: later date um all
1: right fair enough you need but, five uh, seconds of it to like get exact
0: yeah. <laughs> okay i'll look at um, the pod um we need to get in the habit of what i need in the habit of podcasts again um because yeah i feel like people actually use those um man sopranos <laughs> is heating up for me
1: oh yeah go on
0: it just um i uh, I think I watched episode 11 of season 1 um, for the listeners, I'm late to the party obviously, I've never watched The Sopranos um, but my boss gave me his uh, streaming login for whatever platform it's on and this has become a life changing uh, viewing experience for me like quite literally I'm realising it's one of the most profound shows like ever made um, and
1: Interesting.
0: I'm on Come like on. a bit of like a Christian tip at the moment like Quite interested in like Christian ideas and stuff, um, as I've explained to you previously, but um, not to anyone else who wouldn't know that. Um, there's a lot of what I think are like cringe themes and a lot of um, like psychological fascinating. So, in this previous episode, Um, Tony, who is in like a state of despair and like deep mentally, um, begins to hallucinate that this Italian woman is, she's like a beautiful young woman with like an angelic presence and he becomes infatuated with her and over the course of a few days has like several encounters and for for context um, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that the household of Tony Soprano is not exactly stable as being you know, like a head of a mafia crew uh, with a lot of vice to uh, indulge in um, his home life, and neglected children <clears> don't have like a strong father figure in their life, etc. Um, just a little detail to, to bear in mind. Um, so he uh, starts to sort of engage with this woman, <clears> and <throat> they have a they have a conversation over lunch about Tony's Italian ancestry, and I forget the name of the city that Tony's uh, grandparent on, but uh, a small town in Italy, and. This woman um, tells him a story about a stonemason she met um, when there was an earthquake in their town. And the stonemason comes from the same town that Tony's grandfather was from and repairs their home. And she asks him, how do you say it? In her Italian accent, obviously. How do you say it? Um, The seat of the house. Uh, Fundamenta. And Tony Mm -hmm. says, oh, the foundation. So the stonemason comes and repairs the foundation of this Italian woman's home. And in the midst of this discussion, Tony drifts off into a hallucination within a hallucination where he's in like a small sort of quaint Italian home that looks like it's from like the early 20th century. And um, this woman who he's having lunch with is uh, comforting it and she's saying like, it's going to be okay, Antonio, like everything's going to be okay. He snaps out of it and simultaneous to this sort of experience with this woman um there's an attempt on tony's life which he manages to evade he fights off these two gunmen and he um this this event kind of has this effect of jolting him out of his like deep depression and he's talking to his psychologist about it and he says at one stage you know um for the past weeks like i haven't wanted to to live but you know i know that during this event i didn't want to die and that's sort of like a somewhat of a revelation. And then later in the episode, he has a conversation with his neighbor, whose Italian woman was supposedly house-sitting for. And he says, hey, um, where's the Italian woman gone? I forget her name. And the neighbor says, hey, I don't know who you mean. And that's when it's revealed that Tony was hallucinating the whole sort of series of events, um, which is like shocking to him because... <clears throat> You know, that's like a new, new level in terms of, you know, like whatever like mm-hmm. episode. Um, and he goes back to his psychologist who is then like identifies this as having like a kind of uh, Freudian undertone. And she realizes that he's, um, his brain subconscious has uh, created the figure of this comforting woman who is, uh, because he's, he's infatuated and in awe of her, but in like a non-sexual way. And he he has this, vision of her holding him as a baby and she tells us she gives him this message that um someone came from your grandfather's town and repaired the foundation of our home and she tony's mind is like creating the, these messages for him um that he can like he can reach back you know like um back in time in the more literal sense but also like back to uh who he once was or uh, a deeper sort of state within himself to repair the foundation of his own home, like echoing yeah. that. And the psychologist is like kind of weird state of excitement and ecstasy because she's having this like psychological theory play out in real time in a way that it doesn't normally, or maybe not in such explicit terms. And um, there's like interesting, like Christian themes of like the Madonna and child um, and this kind of, uh, angel figure coming down to protect tony when he needs it the most coinciding with this event with the gunman and this kind of uh figurative rebirth and the whole thing that had me fucking salivating like there's just so many moving parts so many levels to it and top notch like i probably haven't done a good enough job of explaining them. Um, like I, I don't think i've illustrated the genius of it all um mm. cannot recommend to anyone
1: yeah Where's your uh, head at on Christianity? Are you thinking about going to church?
0: Um, no, I wouldn't say I'm thinking about going to church. I just, look, actually, I've, I've thought it interesting to go to, like, a Bible study type thing. I would like to go to, I, I don't even know how church first and foremost, so I might not be, <laughs> like, act, inaccurate, like, what, like what you could expect. But I'd actually like to go and engage a church on, like, a very, like, philosophical level. Like, I don't think I would want to go and just like hang out on a Sunday morning and like sing songs, meet friends, like what I think a lot of like church sessions are like. Um, oh, I would not, be...
1: not at all, at least not in the church that uh, my buddy runs. Um, it's like deeply philosophical, there,
0: eh? yeah, right. Okay, well, that's good because a lot of the like Christians that I know are kind of like, yeah, like you just kind of go and hang out, and like obviously they probably talk about God or whatever, but um yeah i think like a lot of their engagement with the church is on like a surface level but yeah what is your friend what's his deal
1: um he runs a church that's basically like i mean he's just like a deeply philosophical person anyway you know and a lot of it is like relating uh passages from the bible to modern day struggle and and stuff like that which i always thought that was the point of church you know
0: yeah i mean i think it was for a long time um But I think in, like, an increasingly kind of uh, atheist society or whatever, church is having to almost lower itself to meet the expectations of normal people. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I think a lot of uh, more mainstream churches now obviously have, like, the same foundations and are run by deeply, deeply religious and philosophical people. But they realize, I think, to, like, retain membership and to, retain like the engagement of young people they need to kind of just like dial it back um yeah or at least that's what i um kind of get the feeling of in australia um and obviously Why is, different that? Denomination. is uh, that because
1: zoomers are just fucking can't do philosophy or something
0: yeah i think so man honestly um yeah i <laughs> feel like i i think that um where i don't want to say people are getting more stupid but maybe just more distracted um mm-hmm People's like I don't know why people have lost sight of the beauty of kind of traditional religious values that underpinned Western society for hundreds of years. Like and underpinned Western society until as recently as like you know the mid to late twentieth century. Um, I've been trying to work it out. Yeah. Um, the the sort of moronic and like <laughs> reptilian response would say that it's like the it's liberalism. Um, and, like, left-wing ideology just inherently erodes any will to engage in that sort of stuff, but that's probably also unfair.
1: Mm. Well, they made it sort of, like, unattractive, eh, I guess. But I also feel like it's really attractive in a lot of the younger generation in, in some ways, you know? There's both a deep departure and a deep return at the same time. You know what I mean? But one of the things I find interesting is a lot of people that are now interested in, like, Christianity... Don't really seem to want to engage with the institution, but do want to engage with the theoretical work. That's you know?
0: absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. That's where I'm at. You know, like yeah, the work is transformative. Um, but I yeah, I I don't see a need to engage with or any institution. Um,
1: yeah, I think but, that's because like people don't trust institutions anymore, full stop. There. Eh? Yeah, you know? that's a really
0: good. Um, but yeah, you I guess like the optimist in me though wants to think that somewhere there's a room full of very like level-headed chill Christian dudes who would like welcome you in and just be like let's fucking talk about the universe you know yeah Uh, which is yeah would be very nice
1: (laughs) I think think it's deeply important man you know I
0: think so and it's it's really kind of unsettling or a little bit devastating the extent to which our society has like pushed back against religion and almost treats christianity as this sort of laughingstock or weird abomination like i think it's generally seen as like extremely uncool and devout christians are kind of like uh, turned into these comic book characters who are just like i don't know ralph wiggins from the simpsons or something <laughs> no, these naive like idiots yeah exactly
1: <laughs> um Fair enough though, dude. Like at the same time, I also totally get that view. Because growing up I remember having to do those um like education Christian education things and they were so fucking annoying. And the Christians yeah. were all, like you remember that they were the dominant power between like the early two thousands through to, you know, maybe like the twenty ten or something like that. And then obviously predating that as well. Mm. they were fucking obnoxious it was so annoying it was moralizing this moralizing that we can't do blah 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 because god said so it was it they were where uh liberalism is now you know
0: yeah yeah i i think that's like i interpret that as being like a really like modern thing though almost Mm -hmm. like the the death throes of um kind of christianity being a mainstream thing well i don't know kind of like a, a reaction to uh, demographics shifting away from it um but what do i know um uh, so yeah i mm-hmm. i think as well um the more you read about philosophy generally the more you realize that they're the same thing you know like if to be christian or to have an interest in Christianity is essentially to want to engage with philosophy i think um maybe christians say that there's another level to, um but yeah um it's very good shit mm-hmm and I'm sure, yeah. like, I'm sure other uh, are worthwhile as well, um, but I've never really given them enough attention. Um, so yeah,
1: yeah, all of the religions have something to offer, probably. You know, after I've played around, I'm sure I've said on the pod previously that I like have, I guess, quote tried several <laughs> <laughs> Tried, them. yeah. But um, I hate being told what to do. Long <laughs> for so... a spin. <laughs> took his love for a spin and the problem is is that in every single one of them you're getting cold what to do and it's this like rigid structure you know and i i just hate institutions full stop yeah um yeah. for the See, most I, part
0: i i can't tell <laughs> like as a person who's not a member of a church or a religion like i don't feel qualified to tell them how to do something but i get the feeling that amongst Christians, probably amongst most religious people, there's still, in in these positions of leadership, there's still like a really wide kind of cross-section of society. So, you know, like if you, let's say if you look at um the structure of a corporate business, or mm-hmm. whatever, any large, there are people that get to like middle management, or even like higher positions of leadership, who are just unintelligent, um and have kind of failed upwards, <laughs> and are generally yeah. not great critical thinkers. The list goes on. They're just inept essentially like i think the same thing happens within religions where you can have like you know leaders of a church or these um figures of authority who are really not intelligent people and probably do a poor job of like interpreting scripture or interpreting the religion that they actually are trying to engage with and i once spoke to a dude at a party and this was a really long time ago but it was um one of the sort of most things that i heard a christian tell me before. um and i was kind of maybe in my early 20s and wasn't i was almost anti-christianity at that point you know like i was kind of combative and whatever had a bone to pick with fucking everybody and mm. um i was like oh what would you do if um you had a child and he like turned out to be gay I, or something like that i asked him a good question and he was just like dude any real christian understands that like god has a plan and you roll with it. Essentially, he's like, "If my child is gay, he's gay for her. that's all." Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I feel as though any Christian who is trying to tell you what to do is kind of acting pathetically One of the core tenets. I don't think you can tell people what to do. I think that's kind of uh, what w- what faith is about. You have to have faith yeah. that <laughs> this person is on their path. Um, you can help them, you can guide them, but like you should yeah. provide instruction.
1: I know that's the idea, but that's part of the problem is that with a list okay. of instructions, um, many will feel that they can tell people what to do, you know? And they do. And that's the most frustrating thing. And, and like, that's the problem with Christianity and all religions, in my opinion, is, like, yeah, of course there's lessons there to be learned and everything, and there's it's deeply important to have an understanding of it. But um, any rule book will be used by an institution to enforce a set of rules, you know? That's right. Regardless yeah. what it is. And like, that's just the history of it. And so, uh, you know, whether you're a real Christian TM or <laughs> real Muslim <laughs> yeah. or whatever, it's sort of like irrelevant because you'll always be that, um, like the person that will decide that is the one that holds the highest rank in the end.
0: Yeah. I actually and had we'll a similar conversation with a friend of mine who was like a hyper rational science PhD, like, extremely intelligent, capable dude, like, super interesting. I love talking. Um, and when I told him that I was starting to, like, become interested in the idea of God, and, um, he was, like, flabbergasted. And he was sort of like, Oh, dude, what? How could you? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I thought you were smart, kind of thing, or something like that. Oh, so annoying. Yeah. No, oh, no, it was a nice way. Um, we often, and, um, you know, he was, he's deeply talked about, you know, the history of the Catholic Church and all of the sort of, like, um christian undertones of colonialism and all that kind of shit and i am like it's just a function of power it's not about the ideology itself it, whenever you have consolidated power under one instant or a set of them like atrocities will be carried out and like like what you're saying um you know mm-hmm. any rule to like essentially oppress people um
1: oh look at science it's the fucking worst one you know the what sorry look at science it's the it's the worst yeah yeah, you know? yeah
0: exactly and that's the irony <laughs> right
1: he, uh, yeah it was uh in bronze age mindset um which uh, i'm sure i maybe mean, we haven't discussed it on the poll we probably haven't it's just a, i don't think
0: we have but um
1: a interesting rant this book i don't know how you'd sum it up quickly um
0: yeah that's any of our readers who haven't read it should go and check out bronze age mindset anyway yeah. we'll leave it at that
1: funny um and he has a point in the book where he says that science nowadays is essentially like the white man's uh, big magic. <laughs> and it's also used to just enforce like a set of rules, you know. Um, but it's also completely divorced from what it's actually meant to be as well. There's like no real connection between what they're doing now and um, the actual scientific method, you know.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, like Kind of similar and- to what... Well, sorry to cut you off, carry on.
1: Like, oh, well, I was just going to say, and, like, uh, that's just... It Does it literally doesn't matter that that is completely not how the scientific method works. This will just continue to happen as long as there's something that can be used to, you know, enforce um, rules.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, and this kind of, like, relates to what I was talking about in the last episode, um, if anyone was able to actually listen through far enough with the horrible audio. Okay. <laughs> but in, like... I was talking about how they essentially like build these weird ideologies in relation to like the LGBT movement just and it's just like death by uh academic reference and like every uh like liberal PhD produces a thesis on the back of the last 100 and there's this whole fucking fake world of you know academic papers produced to just like advance this weird theory that doesn't even like matter or relate to the real world and Right now, like, science is, I feel, almost painted itself into a corner. Um, Like, when you talk about the scientific method, obviously, it's about, essentially, um, I mean, in a sense, organized chaos, you know, like, shake up the fucking snow globe and see how it settles, record it, try it again, blah, blah, blah. Um, You know, I hate to use this phrase, but move fast and break things. Um, Be adventurous, go against the um, ingrained uh, orthodoxy, I I, I guess. Yeah. Um, But... You know, now it's like you can't produce, uh, you can't produce a paper, you can't do any work without referencing a hundred sources that already exist. So anything that you produce, for the most part, just has to reinforce what already has been said or build on. Yeah, and that's a consensus this, mechanism. Yeah, it's just this huge Frankenstein monster being built even bigger and bigger, making it harder to to break or innovate. Similar to the way that, like. What you were describing to me once about how the code base of Microsoft Word is so, so big and it's so much work that's already been put into it that it's impossible to start from scratch again. You can't, yeah, pretty much meaningfully innovate when a system is so large. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fascinating, really. really. Yeah. It's really fucking fascinating. Um, especially when you consider like all of the disjointed moving parts that all kind of like work and then breathe and move in parallel to like form this, this, uh, monolithic mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah totally and it's why these things get bogged down you know and they kind of just get mm-hmm. to the point of like endless edge case scenarios to try and figure out how something can still have meaning in the modern day and age and be relevant as an institution which then it just devolves into like complete lunacy and retardation you know what i mean like it does, yeah, trying to make sense of uh where the catholic church stands on um modern lgbt issues and like the internet is so fucking dumb and so ludicrous then of course it ends up being completely irrelevant to everybody's life and they abandon it whereas like they just want to go back to like the actual book you know
0: that's right it's um it's what's the pope's take on ukraine it's like who the (laughs) fuck cares (laughs) what the fuck i don't
1: want to hear about that Uh,
0: (laughs) it's crazy that ukraine right now
1: is it crazy that the Catholic Church has to have an opinion on the Ukraine? Right yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you um, know, it just doesn't make any sense. Like
0: something that's happening in Australia is like endlessly confounding. And to be honest, like I haven't paid into it, so I might be slightly material. And I apologise to anyone. Um, please correct us. Um, feel free to reach out and let me know. But um, since uh the Labor government here, which is kind of our center-left party, came to power. I don't know, approximately a year ago, um, we've had a Prime Minister called Anthony Albanese who, like most mainstream parties, has not run on any like uh, meaningfully divergent idea or set of policies. It's just like, yeah, let's do the same thing, but 1% to the left. Um, mm-hmm. So the main political issue that has been like occupying Australian conversation for the last 12 months has been this thing called the voice to parliament. And uh, the Labour Party want to establish a new quasi-governmental body, which will be uh, an indigenous voice to parliament. So essentially like a an advisory committee that will sit adjacent to our parliament, which is uh, filled with indigenous Australians, um, which like in itself is not a bad idea whatsoever. Um, and there's going to be a referendum, I think later this year, about whether or not to implement this body. And the idea is that this body will exist and essentially make recommendations to parliament on policy, um, which par- parliament can then choose to take up and pass or, or not. Um, and so it'll be like a non-binding. Um, they won't have the ability to, to pass legislation or enact law or policy. It'll be essentially purely um, support type. Of, uh, and mm-hmm. the government has, um, has fixated on this matter for so fucking long. It- a new person has an opinion on the voice to parliament. Um, And it's gotten to the point where like our large companies, like uh, companies that own supermarket chain, home improvement stores are like uh, donating to the yes campaign, which is the campaign to try and make people vote yes on the referendum in favor of implementing this voice to parliament. Um, And it's like, hang on, why the fuck are like corporations donating $2 million and that is not going to change anything? It's insane. Like just like the Catholic Church being have a position on Ukraine. Um, yeah. Just for, through like sheer force of will and saturation of the media, um, you have multi-billion-dollar corporations being forced to have a stance on this non-issue. Yeah. Um, it's so confusing. <clears throat> and in the meantime, our government has sent hundreds of millions of dollars worth of military equipment and aid to Ukraine. Um and which is confusing and a terrible thing to be doing, and it's like, well, why are we all fucking being distracted? Why are we thinking about this this bullshit? This is it doesn't make any sense at all.
1: Yeah, that's um the same thing. with... fuck man, there's something that happened here recently with uh, the we have this New Zealander of the year. This this little he's such a fucking asshole. I I like will happily go on record as saying like despise him. <laughs> Who is um, this guy called uh, Chenille Lau? Yeah, okay. Um he's like New Zealander of the year, LGBT champion, blah blah blah. But like you don't need to spend more than a couple minutes of like looking through this guy's profile to realize that he's a complete charlatan piece of shit. No, they all are. Um they all are. And you know, it's like all the social media posts are just him in a fucking towel being like feeling body positive today and it's just like <laughs> it's just basically like softcore porn it's just so pathetic and gross so anyway he was calling out the telcos being like where do you stand on um trans issues or whatever the telecommunications and yeah like uh our, we have like three medical or whatever yeah spark uh vodafone whatever um And they had to like issue these statements that they stand against hate and they're supportive of LGBT issues. And then uh, our like right wing media picked it up and was just like, oh, we should boycott um, you know, the LGBT bullies and blah, blah, blah. And so they had to like obfuscate their stance as being (laughs) extremely confusing and basically being like we stand with the lgbtq plus community but also appreciate that other people have differences of opinions and we'd like to voice support for all including the LGBT community and <laughs> anyone else that may be out there. And it just ends up being like, obviously yeah. the companies don't want to have a stance on this. I don't even think like most American companies want to have a stance on this shit, but no, they don't at, at They're forced to to. yeah, fully like maybe like Disney and a handful of other ones have these higher ups that actually have really hardcore opinions, you know, oh, but most of them, Maybe may even then it's a maybe, yeah. Most of them yeah. just want to fucking like sell you their fucking
0: uh make some fucking money.
1: Their, yeah, their chow.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're fucking pig slop and make some money and be left alone <laughs> to make money, you know? Yeah. And, and it's just it's so fucking retarded that they always get hijacked for these um you know, this this like endless sideshow of political nonsense.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. on the loose topic of Ukraine. Did you see that pretty striking photo that was being circulated over the last couple of days following the NATO of um Zelensky standing alone in the crowd of Western leaders?
1: Nah, no, 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 far off.
0: It's pretty interesting man. Like obviously um these photos cannot not be reflective of, you know, the the real situation. But basically I'll I'll send it to you and um include a link in the episode description as well. But right. um the NATO summit was held in uh, Vilnius in Lithuania uh, two days ago. And there was a lot of uh, media buzz, obviously, around whether or not um, NATO were going to address integrating Ukraine into the alliance, which would be horrific for the world because then that Russia is at war with the West broadly. Um, although you could argue they already are considering that um you know, the support provided to Ukraine eventually making this a proxy war, but anyway. Oh
1: yeah, it's just no doubt that it's a proxy war at this point. Well,
0: yeah, it is. <clears throat> um, there's th- this photo that was taken from the event that shows all of the really, sort of like, chummy uh, European leaders um, cozying up to one another, doing their fancy kisses on the cheek um, and it almost looks like some highbrow cocktail party and they're all in their gowns and nice suits and shit. And then you have Volodymyr Zelensky standing alone sort of off to the side everyone's got their back to him and he's kind of just staring into space in his <laughs> crappy tracksuit that's like on brand for him um, <laughs> and this is just following the announcement that you know there's no plan to integrate Ukraine into NATO um, there won't be a plan until the war end etc etc NATO basically flopped on like any contentious sort of point that was expected to be brought up um, basically just took a hard pass, had no strong stance on any matter. Um, and this photo kind of just shows without a reasonable doubt or shows beyond a reasonable doubt. I should say that Zelensky's kind of out in the cold now and on his last legs. Um, and I think that if the narrative uh, evolves the way that I anticipate it will, this photo will become quite historic. Um because essentially, mm-hmm. the Ukrainian blood sponge is, is losing its capacity to absorb <laughs> more blood. Yeah. Um, I think Zelensky's lifespan is probably at an end. And uh, Europe and the United States are aware. And they're sort of now, I think, beginning to themselves from him. Um, mm-hmm. And this you see this quietly nowadays, but the, look, the expression on Zelensky's face was just pure exhaustion and, and tiredness. You know, I think he's really fucked I think he's drained and done.
1: Yeah, fair enough. It's fucking mind blowing to me how many people have actually died, you know?
0: Oh, it's horrific. It's, it's, it, it, um, this is a pretty cliche language, but the flower of Ukrainian youth, a generation of young men, you know, Mm. it's, um, it's fucking horrible. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like
1: I'm shocked. I I just, I can't believe that it was a death count, like 300,000 people or some shit.
0: Yeah, I think there's been three hundred fifty thousand Ukrainians and sixty thousand Russians killed. Yeah, which is God, fucking wild. And this Ukrainian counteroffensive um, that they launched a few weeks back has just been an absolute mess. Um, obviously, you know you'll find a source that says anything you want it to say about this war, but um, I read from I read that the casualties on the front line right now are like seven to one in favor of Russia. Because yeah. the Ukrainian counteroffensive is made up of scripts that are literally abducted in the street. They're just like scared fucking 18 year olds um, who have had, you know, six weeks of training. Here's a rifle. Here's some fucking NATO equipment that we don't really know how to use properly and just go. Um, and the Russians have had months <laughs> to dig in occupied now that they consolidated their gains for so long. Um, while the world was transfixed on the battle over uh, Buck or however you pronounce it um, where the PSC uh, PSC Wagner group were I'm pretty sure I got the three letters at the start there wrong but uh, that doesn't Mm. matter Um, you know there was this uh, massive amount of focus on that battle over that relatively small city which was reduced to a pile of rubble and it was being viewed as this pivotal moment in the war and if the Ukrainians can just hold out there then it'll all you know turn around but while that was happening um the russian completely put their defenses in order they consolidated the territory that they've occupied um they've started rebuilding um, re-establishing utilities getting these areas as back to normal as they can um and that's what the ukrainians are now um coming up against this counter-offensive um yeah there was the recent um alleged coup attempt as well by um, PMC Wagner, I think P- <laughs> PMC Wagner um, yeah. <laughs> which you probably saw as well which um, the media in the West were talking about as if it was the end of days for Putin and Russia was about to collapse into civil war but it was a massive psyop um, to draw attention. You reckon? The fact yeah, yeah I think it was. Um, what they were able to do is uh, while that was happening, so the, sorry, the result of that was that the the members of the Wagner, who are a mercenary organization, who did not agree to go to Moscow in the in this contingent that were apparently conducting the coup, um, have been given like high ranking jobs now within the Russian military mm. and assigned to positions in Belarus. So the border of Belarus is right near Kiev and. The, the fighting has been now for so long, so focused in the, the eastern areas where Russia has occupied this, this territory. Um, and now through like deception, Russia has been able to position essentially their most potent fighting force, arguably, um, right back near Kiev where the, there's almost no defense now because the Ukrainian army has spread so thin in the east. Um, and under the guise of that as well, while all of, all of these events were occurring, Russia has sent hundreds of thousands of more men um, into these reserve positions, um, essentially ready to be deployed into Ukraine if needs to be. So I think what will happen is that this counteroffensive will stall, um, the Ukrainians will have one last push, the current army that they're fighting with will be largely immobilized, and then Russia will be able to sweep up um Yeah. The whole thing is tragic and sad. The Australian Labor government sending 30 more armored vehicles to the Ukrainians. <laughs>
1: Oh, fucking even New Zealanders, dude. I mean, the thing that's crazy to me is, like, a lot of the stuff reminds me of when um, Christchurch went through the earthquakes, because it was, like, you know, we both experienced when you're at the front of a major news story, Yeah. and how nobody really gives a fuck when you're not there, but, like, when you're going through it, it's like, oh my god, this is absolutely fucking disastrous. It's horrifying. Yeah. And I'm just trying to like always put myself back into that frame of mind where it's like this is live, this is like actually happening to you, you know? And how fucking horrifying it must be. I can't yeah. even imagine. Like, you know, if we we're in that situation and you're forced to fight, what the fuck would you do? I'd like to think that I would just defect, you know, and just be like, Oh fuck it, I'm out of here.
0: Well, they are like whole platoons <laughs> are just affecting to Russia, rightfully so as well. Um yeah, I, a, I, really
1: run away, right? Like
0: there's no way I would fight. No fucking way. Um, yeah, man. I, I could not. Um, it, yeah. It's, I don't think there's a, there is a cause to be found, you know? Mm. I mean, you could make an argument for patriotism, but I, I don't even know. if I don't know enough about Ukraine really to, and there's, you know, the whole arguments around whether the territories occupied by Russia now are technically Russian or Ukrainian, because historically they've been a part of Russia for hundreds of years. But yeah. So man. good
1: luck mobilizing an army in the west now as well like i just don't see many people wanting to even enlist surely you know
0: no the the us army is really struggling um they're like the army is shrinking currently and there's Mm -hmm. real doubts Mm -hmm. about it's like viability it's sort of like dominant like obviously the united states will continue to be the most powerful military for another 30 40 50 maybe even years but um yeah they're having to slacken recruiting standards um they're That's never uh, a <laughs> no they're allowing like you know like fat transsexuals to to join the marines and shit um yeah it's a fucking mess i i think um yeah you know you look at footage of the kind of marines who you know obviously the conflict cannot be justified but if you look at the um stature and class of the men who were like sent over to iraq or afghanistan these are like Fucking jacked, healthy, young, hungry dudes. You know what I mean? Like they join them and to go and fucking kick ass. um mm-hmm. And 20 years later, you see what a lot of the uh, members of the US military look like now. And it's fucking a stark different. <laughs> yeah. A grim state of
1: it. Yeah, fucking look like Redditors. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they literally do. Because, I mean, what do you expect? Like they go, they go and join the army because they love COD. Yeah. Or, like, their mom tells them to. I'm sick of you fucking sitting around home doing nothing. Just playing games. Go and join the army.
1: Well, even that's kind of, like, not the worst, um, you know, group I'd imagine joining the army. is just, like, disaffected young men. Like, surely even that is not too bad. But I feel like there's a lot of, like, just fucking straight-up genetic losers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah bad news total losers um who you're just like nah man like you shouldn't even you're not even fit to serve fast food uh you know
0: (laughs) yeah i hear (laughs) you which is a fucking thing
1: now bro all right you got to bounce
0: oh no finish
1: oh man we've had an outbreak in new zealand i i'm like a food hypochondriac right like i fucking hate unclean food by the fact that i've been sick multiple times from shitty uh you know people's poor um cleaning habits and so any news story about the like poor food being served like triggers me hardcore Mm -hmm. and we've had like an outbreak across new zealand of poorly trained workers serving like mcdonald's uh, like frozen chicken nuggets, like not cooked, Ooh, and that's led to like this outbreak of salmonella and shit across uh NZ. Oh, it's that fucking disgusting. Up. Because apparently they keep hiring people that just like um like don't put the fucking nuggets in for as long as they're meant to be put in for, and just take them out early. It's just so so triggering, eh? Yeah. It's like no, holy I've... fuck, man.
0: I've noticed a real reduction in service standards across the sort of retail and hospitality sector as well recently. Yeah. But yeah, I, I feel you. Um I do need to to wrap up though. So um sweet. Let's um bring it to a close. Um thank you for listening, everybody. As always, um if you got any feedback or you wanna wanna reach out, comment, etc., um you can email us at modern pod at gmail.com. Um I could be found on Twitter, worry? underscore oh wait. I should probably change that handle because it doesn't exactly roll off. Um, Yeah.
1: I'm going to make a new alt Twitter and I'll uh, announce that. Yeah, sounds
0: good. Yeah. Um, Hopefully we got the little bit nicer today, Uh, but we'll have to see how we go. This is always a work in progress especially as current iteration (laughs) of the pod so uh bear with us while we uh get it back you know the the level to be at but we'll get there um (laughs) anything else damon nah all right uh, see See you next take care bye